whenever I'm like sitting there thinking like, oh, I could have made a lot more money if I didn't do this. Uh, you know, I probably could have played some of these. I could probably could have made some moves that would have. And then I think about like, yeah, but then I wouldn't be able to like go to the, you know, I wouldn't be able to go to the market in my pajamas. Radio Mano Papachango. Chris, this is Tyler in beautiful shithole Bakersfield, California. Just moved here from Canada. Got a pretty decent job at a refinery here where I can try to convert their production slowly into renewable diesel and biofuel production. We're taking animal fats and agricultural waste and turning that into diesel. It burns 40% cleaner. Not bad, making the most out of my petroleum engineering degree. I had no idea what I was getting into when I did that. It was all about the money back then, but making the most out of it. I've been a longtime listener of your podcast and a big fan. Looking forward to the release of C2D for sure. Definitely keep the civilized chimp if you can on the book cover or if you can't whatever thanks bye hey chris and all the tangentially speaking listeners this is glenda from victoria bc sending you a note from a rooftop patio in a split croatia finally getting around to doing some traveling exploring eastern europe for a few weeks with my hubby and having a fabulous time hope you're having a great time in scarlett Jovanson, and chris and peace and love to all the listeners out there thanks chris tendently speaking community will here from coventry in the uk i just wanted to share some love this show has given me the strength to make some big life-changing decisions over the last couple of years and you've kept me company or having a bicep reattachment surgery and moving home and selling my old house and many, many other challenges. It's also given me the inspiration to take up sculpting, which I now do, and I'm back-to-back -back with commissions until Christmas. Thank you for all the inspiration and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, and despite the fact that it's midsummer now. But, you know, it's always Christmas. Every day is the only day, really. I'm on a new diet. I'm calling it the Carpe Diem diet. It's. It occurred to me that it's really hard for me to... Maybe this is just one of these classic Chris Ryan justifications for something that I just want to do. So I come up with an ornate, elaborate story to make it seem right but as some people say sex at dawn is that by the way the entire book is just a big excuse for something that I want to believe and I'm not sure how do you know how do you know whether beliefs come first or reality comes first we think that we shape our beliefs to reality but maybe we're actually shaping reality to our beliefs think about that anyway 
uh, the Carpe Diem diet came to me because I realized that it's really hard for me to get disciplined about things um, <clears throat> because I feel like every day is so unique. There's no sort of patterning in my life, at least not intentionally. Maybe in retrospect there is, but you know, I don't have a routine. I don't get up at the same time every day. I don't go to bed at the same time every day. I don't really, I don't do a hundred push-ups every day. I don't do everything, anything every day, really. Um, unless I just really like it so much that I end up doing it every day. So this is the problem. Uh, you know, when you're trying to be disciplined, there's an assumption that you've got lots of time and you need to fill it with this structure. And I guess the underlying assumption in my life is like, I don't have much time. I have no idea how much time I have. So why would I pick today to stop doing something I enjoy? So, but I do, I need to lose probably 20 pounds, I decided, because I, I think I have sleep apnea. I have these, these um, bouts when I'm sleeping where I'm not breathing and I sort of have like a little mini panic and I wake up enough to start breathing again and <clears throat> that sucks. And I've, I got this uh, aura ring recently, which is um, like a very a high-end Fitbit kind of thing that measures your uh, sleep patterns and your brainwave activity and your heart rate and all that. And it's confirmed what I've suspected, which is that I don't really get um, a lot of restfulness because I'm waking up all the time in the middle of the night to you know continue breathing. Maybe some of you experience this. It's more common in men than it is in women. It's more common in people over 40 and uh, as you get older, I guess the tissues in your throat relax, and so it can become uh, more of an issue as you age. And I think my father had it. I, my father was exhausted the last 20 years of his life, and I think this could have had something to do with it. So anyway, I have a sense of urgency about confronting this. And when I looked it up online, the main thing they say is, you know, make sure if you're overweight at all, like that's the first thing to take care of because uh, the extra weight, I guess, is in the throat tissue somehow. I don't know. So anyway, I want to lose about 20 pounds. And the first way to do that, of course, is to stop drinking beer. But the problem is I really like beer. I really like beer. I especially really like that first beer at the end of the day when you've like done something in, in the case now in the van, it's when I've like pulled into a place and I've set up camp and everything's sort of ready. The stove is set up and the chairs and the fire's ready to go and all that. And then it's like, ah, sit down and have a beer. Fuck yeah. So what I decided is that probably about 80% of the pleasure I get from beer comes from that first beer. The second beer, eh, the, by the third or fourth or fifth or sixth beer, I don't even know I'm drinking beer anymore. I'm just, it's just habit. Like, oh, crack another beer. We're still hanging out, you know? And so I'm trying to shape my diet to increase, as to have as much pleasure as possible and cut the downside. So as much upside as possible while eliminating as much downside as possible. So I'm having... I have one beer per day. That's it. 
<clears throat> then I switched to wine. But still, it's uh, I'm sticking to one beer a day, and it's been going for a week. Uh, I can't say I'm shedding weight. I don't know. I haven't weighed myself in months, but um, that's my approach to dieting. I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, I want to say a shout-out to Avia, a mattress company. They make organic mattresses. Uh, a few months ago, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast, I started getting paranoid about the fact that I was sleeping on a brick of chemicals from China and uh, having some weird, like super dry eyes and dry mouth and stuff. And I thought maybe it could be related. And I started looking online and realized that, you know, I had ordered this, this memory foam thing through Amazon came from China in a plastic bag. And I was spending half my life with my face pressed against it. No idea what sort of chemicals were, um, what's the word off gassing, um, from that memory foam and uh just didn't seem like a good idea you know i wouldn't drink water coming from china with no report of what was in it unfiltered god knows what kind of chemicals so i decided to look around and found this company avia that was uh, willing to send me not only one but two mattresses totally free uh, with the idea being that I'd mention it on the podcast. And so they did. They sent me one for the van, one for home. Really beautiful mattresses. Uh, it's A-V-I-Y-A. Uh, you can find them online. <clears throat> Quite reasonably priced. Not super. I mean, the fuck mattresses run the high end price-wise is thousands of dollars. And uh, these were under a 1000 each. Um, unfortunately the one for the van was so thick that it just took away so much headroom that, um, I couldn't use it, but I gave it to my buddy Kyle and, um, who, who had apparently had an anal bead incident. So, uh, he picked up that mattress, was very happy about it. I think he may have been kidding about the anal bead incident. I'm not sure. You'll have to ask Kyle Tierman about that. Um, but anyway, we've got the Avia. I've got the Avia at home. Kyle's got the Avia at his place. And they're super comfortable, really nice company. Uh, probably not thrilled that I mentioned anal beads in the same episode where I'm talking about their mattresses. But that's that's the kind of thing that happens here at Podcast Central. I'm sitting in a hotel in Jasper, um, Alberta. It's been raining here for the last two days it's like a fucking mountain monsoon up here uh it's a beautiful town and i'm looking forward to getting out maybe on a canoe with um my new buddy travis who uh, builds log homes up here and has a canoeing company uh he and his wife courtney are gonna take me out for a float i think anyway uh this episode is with mickey avalon and um, he is, what is he? He's a glam rapper, uh, really interesting guy. There's an article that uh, Mickey hooked me up with that I recommend to you called Mickey Avalon's True Hollywood Stories by John Albert. It's online. It's on Medium. Uh, John published it on Medium. I think it was in LA Weekly or something before that. It's a very interesting look at Mickey um his his career very unique 
how he sort of ended up being like the only one in a genre. It's it's fascinating. Uh, you probably know he tours with Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty. They do uh, uh, a thing together that's amazing. They're on tour right now. So if you're out there in America and you want to check out Simon and Mickey Avalon, uh, you look online and find tickets and definitely go see them. I saw them perform in San Diego a year or two ago. It was really fun. It's unlike anything else you will ever do. I'm going to stop talking because I want to upload this before I have to flee from this hotel uh, in 20 minutes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your Patreon donations. I've uploaded uh, some videos recently for Patreon supporters. I've been shooting videos in some of these beautiful spots. And um, what else can I say? Uh, I really appreciate everybody listening and the community that's built up around this um, I, I guess I should give a shout out to all the people who came to, we did four get togethers so far. We've been in, um, Santa Cruz, Seattle, Vancouver, and Whistler, uh, saw fantastic people. Sawyer, we met in, uh, Santa Cruz, a guy named Nick who flagged us down on the highway, Taylor in Santa Cruz, uh, Kiana and, uh, some pool hustlers under the redwoods. Uh, Philip, who uh, we spent a night at his place, he gave us a beautiful hot bath out under the stars, uh, floating down the river, uh, the Deschutes River, with a bunch of firemen, especially Birch, uh, Justin, of course, Tom and Judy in the woods, uh, a couple who spotted us just outside Lillooet a couple of days ago, saw the van and stopped and said hello, super cool. Um, everybody, everybody who's, who's been following the trip and, and saying hi along the way, really appreciate your presence in my life. I'm going to shut the fuck up now. I'm going to play you out with a song, uh, called fuzzy freaky. I was thinking about this. It came up in the van the other day. I thought this would be a good one to play because it's a summertime song. This is David Byrne, fuzzy freaky. And then my conversation with Mickey Avalon. Thanks for participating in this, being a tangentialista, and hope to see you down the road. Bye. All amplified, she's scandalized, and I'm changing size. Who was it? Jump on it. He's talking trash, and he can't get back, but he's built to last. Who was it? Jump on it. Yeah.
by the way, are we going with Mickey or how? how do probably you Mickey. Mickey. I mean, I just I think you're just probably confused a bunch of people. So I keep Yeshi with like my friends and stuff, but uh, it's not like a secret. You're- no, it's not a secret. It's just. You know what I mean? Like, I, maybe in the future, if I became some big painter and, like, made that transition and then I was like, I'm going to leave this behind. Right. But for now, that's pretty much my only uh, job, business, sense of income. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. It, it would uh, just confuse a bunch of people. So, yeah, let's just do Mickey. Yeah, it's weird. I Until I got to L.A., I only knew one person who had changed his name. He was a jazz bass player in Spain and uh, American dude. Strange guy. Um, but he had his like jazz musician uh-huh. name, and then when he quit playing, he uh-huh. like gave up. He just couldn't make any money uh-huh. and became a beer distributor. He changed his name, and it was it was so strange. It was like it marked an end. Oh, of, like changed back to his normal name. He changed to his, his given name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I never. Yeah. Uh, we'll turn it on in a second. But I, I never. It's already on. But oh, I'll, I'll okay. edit this out. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah, no, I never. Uh, I, it wasn't like a musician. It was just kind of a joke. And so it never was like my sense of uh, self or anything. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> and if anything, I prefer my real name because as a kid, if your name's Yeshi, like you want it to be John or, or Chris. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, and every time you go into a new class, you know, and you have to do like a lot of like, I won't say fighting, but like, you know, every time you go to a new class, everyone laughs and stuff like yeah. that. So now I feel like I earned my name and I don't want it to be John. And right. and now I have this stupid fucking, uh, but it's funny. I think Mickey Avalon's a funny name. Like, I think it just sounds Did fun. Did you come up with it? Or yeah. Agent it was, or something? We came up with it. It was like we were doing, instead of rap names, we want to do porn names. Right. So, uh, so I guess. A so it's porn, like your pet in your. Your, your pet in your street. Right. So my mom lives on Avon. Which just doesn't have the same right. ring as Avalon. Right. Basically, our friends really get a uh, nickname. So, yeah. uh, Avon was Avalon, and I never really had any pets. So, he just thought Mickey sounded good. Mickey Avalon, it does sound good. It sounds mythical, kind of. And it's, you know, like, I mean, I've thought about it more than most people probably, but like, if some street kid. It wouldn't, you wouldn't, it's like an Irish and an Italian name, and I'm neither. <laughs> so, right. Like, it's kind of fake to begin with. You wouldn't probably right. have that combination of a name. Yeah. But uh, it just rolls off the tongue good. Yeah, Avalon is a beautiful word. I, I have a friend who named her daughter Avalon. And I don't know if it was after the, the Roxy Music album or... Uh, and we sampled that. period. Like, it, in my intro... Every time I play it since the beginning, there's a. It starts with like the Tony Basil, uh, Hey Mickey, but in Spanish, and then it goes into Avalon by Roxy Music. Oh yeah. But what it means, like, uh, like a, like a great place or something. Yeah, like I a, think it was a mythical, mythical place. In, in, I, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't read the Mists of Avalon. But it's like an Atlantean type deal. Like, or, something. or wasn't like King Arthur and the Round Table? Weren't they associated with Avalon? Probably. I don't know because I, I haven't, but it's yeah. like, I know like any, you know, like Catalina or, yeah, it's like a nice, cool, like a good thing. The, the par- paradise, like the yeah. lost paradise. Yeah. 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 Avalon. So it's a beautiful word. Yeah. Avalon. Um, where the fuck were we? We were going somewhere before that. Beautiful uh, name. Oh, names. Yeah. yeah. How, I mean, I have this thing about names, like people who 
really care about their names, I kind of distrust them, <laughs> right? I mean, what you were saying about Yeshi, I get it. That's an unusual name. It's very sort of ethnic. You'd have people harassing you and because yeah. you know, it's an unusual um with me, it was Chris. Okay, that's a girl's name, right? Yeah. When I was a kid, oh, uh, I never done. I, got I mean, all that shit. I don't really care so much about it. Just like now, where I feel like, oh, I have a, an out, and I can take this other name. I'm like, I don't really want the other name. Yeah. Well, you get older, and you sort of, if you have an unusual name, you grow into it. But me as Chris is like, who gives a shit? Yeah. I could be named Seven, and you know, it's it's a name from a book. Yeah. If, and like they say, there is some sense of yourself, but I don't know if I yeah. like what your parents just got this. Uh, they just got this pr- prophecy at that moment. It's and, yeah, I think it's bullshit. They probably pick it before you're born in most. Yeah, cases. like what if your name meant like asshole? Right. Like right. just like I'm gonna be. And well, plus, most people think my name's Israeli. It's actually Tibetan. Uh, Oh, yes, she's Tibetan? Yeah. Oh, so it's not even ethnic. No, no, Jewish it's not like... That. I thought it was a Jewish name. That most... I mean, it's it at different Jewish. times. Like, when I was young, everyone thought it was Jewish or Israeli. And then, like, more Japanese people came to America. And then there was, like, a, a character on uh, Mario Brothers named Yoshi. I guess. Mm-hmm. So then, like, everyone thought it was uh, right. Japanese. There's probably similar names in uh, a lot of different... Uh, languages but mine just happens to be you know from. Wim Hof is who uh, Wim Hof the Iceman I mean I've heard I know who yeah. he is well he was just on Simon's podcast actually uh, I was hanging with him a couple of weeks ago here in Topanga he and his family were staying here and he has a, a kid just born like two years ago something uh-huh. like that and his name is Aname and um, we were talking about like uh, names and stuff and Wim said well you know how I named him when he was born they said uh, you have to put a name on the on the forum, and I said I don't know his name. I don't know him yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna wait. I will see. And they said no, no. You have to put a name there. So I put a name. Oh, and <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like it just sounds so much more like <laughs> smart and ethnic when you pronounce it a different way. <laughs> Isn't that great? I was like, what a cool name, Anami. Yeah. Well, yeah. then there's also like the. Like, you know, boy named Sue type thing. Like, if you name your kid Sue, he's probably going to be tough. Or dead. Or gay, <laughs> or which gay. either is fine. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Or tough and gay. Tough, that's Well, you most know? gays are tough. That, I mean, that is a stereotype. But uh, I, the ones I've met... I mean, I think anyone who's, who's dealt with a lot of um, being fucked with is going to be tough to some extent. You know, I made that point to Joe Rogan once on his show. And it wasn't really for him. It was for his listeners because he has a lot of sort of, you know, yeah. uh, muscle head kind of yeah. audience. And I was making the point, like, the most... If if you say masculinity is about overcoming difficulty and perseverance and sticking to your fucking guns no matter what, you know, that's sort of a facet of masculinity, yeah. I think. Most people would agree. Then the most masculine people I know are gay men yeah. who've gone through the fucking fire yeah. of... You know, are you going to pretend to be something you're not or are you going to stand up and be who you are and take all the shit that's going to come at you? Yeah. You know, potentially losing your family, your friends, respect and, you know, all that. That's manly. That's well, even on a physical level, too. I mean, if you're some drag queen who's, you know, coming home from a club at two in the morning in Brooklyn or wherever or anywhere here, uh, you better like learn how to use your hands, like yeah, run on those heels, or run, run, or get them off quick and beat the shit out of someone with them. <laughs> exactly, 
Yeah. So I read that article you sent me the other day uh, that was in the LA Weekly, I guess, originally, and it's posted on Medium. Okay. Uh, So it's on online. What was the name of the author? John Albert. John Albert. I haven't read it since it came out. I just know out of anything that's been written before since that, just he kind of nailed it. Uh, he put you know put a lot of time in. It was like what eight pages or yeah, something. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time with you and yeah, Simon yeah, and yeah. And that was how long ago was that? Fuck, it's probably been like twelve, thirteen. I mean, it was right when I was just starting. Yeah, so, so two thousand seven, eight, or in there? that could be. I don't even remember. Probably around that. Like whatever my first show was, it was like kind of as that was happening. So Do you remember was, the title of it? I don't. I don't I either. I should. I'll I'll link to if it. If you wrote Mickey Avalon, John Albert, and yeah, I guess LA it's medium, medium. LA Weekly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It, it, it outlined your early life, how you sort of stumbled into this career as yeah. a glam rock rapper, <laughs> a category of one. Yeah. <laughs> like that was his I'm line. the best at it. <laughs> and the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there might even, now we've, you know, influenced people, I guess, uh, so maybe are, I'm not. Are there more? Glenn I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, there's all sorts of different things that weren't around back then. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's great. Like the way he described it is, you know, like if David Bowie and you know uh, who, uh, Doctor Dr. Reed, had a oh, oh. child or something. Oh yeah, he said like I think Snoop Dogg and some. But I mean, I grew up on on both of those kinds of music. So, and I just think it comes more natural to. To kind of write in one way, but then kind of act on stage a different way. Plus, you know, I was a lot younger, skinnier. Uh, I don't know, just different. It's a you know, well, you it, had the look, right? Like you I, had the I think I kind of had the long hair and all. Uh, I mean, I had less tattoos back then. Uh, now I wish I didn't have any. Uh, it's just not the outlaw aspect of. We've even talked about it before, but mm. there's no. And not that I even want... Now there's really not an outlaw aspect to having tattoos. And not that I want to be like an outlaw, kind of rather just be invisible. But I guess I'm probably more invisible now with tattoos than if I didn't have any. Right. But I don't know. I just think it's kind of... I don't... Not for the reason like, oh, when you get old, you'll regret it. It's kind of like the opposite of that. Like now you can have a tattoo on your face and work at Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. The world changed around it. Yeah. The world changed... But yeah, I guess I had the you know I guess I had the I had that look. I look more like that than a, a rapper. Plus, I like that kind of. I love David Bowie. I love Lou Reed. I love Iggy Pop. Right. Uh, so, but I can't like sing like that or or play instruments. So, you don't play any instruments? Not really. Man, I mean, you're, you give hope to people like me. I never. I wanted to like when I was a kid. My mom's like, I'm going to get you uh, piano lessons. So I was like, awesome. I want to play like Jerry Lee Lewis. So then the piano teacher came and then he's like, every good boy does fine. I'm like, <laughs> that's great, but I want to play Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. And, you know, being a kid and not really having anyone to just like push me through all that, which I, I should have pushed through that and been like, you're not just going to jump into that. So I'm like, this is lame. So now, I, I mean, I'm sure I, I messed around a little with the, it's just not, it's not really, it's not really for me. Yeah. I like, uh, I, I like learning something and being disciplined and stuff, but just, I don't want to learn how to, like, when I see people playing guitars, what they're doing with their finger, I'm like, that's amazing. I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, 
just I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I, I, I mean, I love music. I, it's a big part of my life. It, if, yeah, if it were take, I'd rather lose probably my sense of taste and sex than music. I, I, I'm a fan of music. Like you said, I never thought I'd be a quote unquote musician. Yeah. Uh, it just it never it never crossed my mind. Uh, I. My dad loved music. He had a crazy record collection, which I have now. Uh, when rap music came out, that was the first music that like I found on my own. And even when I saw like the Beastie Boys, which looked a lot more like me than other rappers, it never crossed my head like, oh, that's something I could do or right. I want to do. Right. Uh, I always liked to write. And be, I just kind of started writing raps in my head for fun, but it's never with the pretense of like, I'm going to do something with this. Right. It's probably why it ended up working out because there was no like, I need to get famous and, and do this. And it, so I had friends that did want to do it and they kind of, I don't know what happened with them, but it just kind of fell into my lap. Once it fell into my lap, I didn't, I wanted to do everything in my power to keep it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it could end tomorrow and when it does, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I don't want it to end because like I didn't show up for a show right. or something like that. You know? There's something really cool about what you do. I mean, I've only seen you perform once with Simon. Yeah. I know you perform solo as well and you know, there's like an overlap. But at least the show I saw you do. It's more fun when we're, I think it's more fun when we're together. But yeah, we both have our own thing. Yeah, but I I mean, and I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I know Simon quite well. You and I haven't hung out that much. But it seems to me that there is this commonality, which is that you both are doing this thing, but not taking it seriously. So you're kind of doing it while making fun of it at the same time. Yeah. With respect. I was about to say, yeah, like... And not in like a Weird Al Yankovic kind of way. It's no. just anything that is like super, uh, I don't know, super macho or super braggadocious. And if that's kind of written into like what makes this kind of art form, to take it 100% seriously would be kind of fun, you know, I don't know. Like it almost feels like, okay, if you're gonna, if we're going to brag about shit, like let's brag about shit that's not like braggable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I like, mean, you're platinum. And we don't have that much money and we don't have that much, all this shit. So, A, we can't say that truthfully right. anyhow. Right. Not that we would if we did, but it's kind of like, let's brag about shit that's kind of embarrassing that like, and and it's just more, I, mean, I think we're just having, now we've done it so long, I think we're just having fun up there. Right. Uh, we're, we're super uh, grateful that, you know, it still pays our bills and that the people that like us are cool. You know, that would probably be a drag if, like, you just, you know, you're, like, like the people who like you suck. Like, yeah. you you didn't mean to, but, like, you just became, like, the band for white supremacists or something, and you're not. You just, like, wrote a song that they, like, yeah. thought was about them, but wasn't, yeah. you well, know? Like when fucking Reagan used Born in the USA in his, uh, in his appearances. Yeah, like and that. Bruce was like, what the fuck, That would dude? suck. Listen to the lyrics. You know? Yeah, like, they tried to do. It's not a yay, yay song. Yeah, or I guess, like, Nixon tried to have Johnny Cash, like, play some song. It's, I just saw it in this documentary. I forgot what it's called. But, yeah, he tried to basically have him sing these songs at his thing that were 
kind, you know, that were like the opposite of who he was. They weren't even Johnny Cash songs. No. One was like, uh, like it was, it was about going to pick up your welfare check in a Cadillac or something. So it's kind of like mm, welfare uh, queen. Yeah, trying to kind of make fun of, and. He was, Johnny Cash is like the way he was raised and stuff was like, he's definitely going to go do the thing for the president, even if he doesn't mm. agree with him, but he's not going to play these like songs. That, oh, one was like, Aunt, oh, one was uh, Oki from Muskoki or something that's like talking bad about marijuana. Mm. So what he ended up doing was playing, but then he played like the song, his own song that was like the opposite that was like talking about like liars and stuff. Mm. And you just see Nixon just like like writhing in his his seat and stuff. So, so yeah, songs can you know could do, could tell. Yeah, I would be super bummed if I were born in the USA. But it also became Hulk Hogan's song, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I find it really interesting when songs become famous for something that they're not. You know, it it must be really frustrating for the artist. But I mean, in Sex at Dawn, I we talked about. Uh, Every breath you take, uh-huh. how that's you know Rolling Stone, one of the like top twenty love songs of all time. But it's about a psycho stalker. Well, it's about Orwell. Yeah, Sting was reading 1984. Oh, okay, when he it's about the surveillance state. Oh wow! Every breath you take, I'll be watching yeah. you. It's yeah, it's a fucking dystopian future song. What's well, where we're at now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, but people are like you know playing it at their weddings. <laughs> it's yeah, like, hello, are you paying attention? Yeah, and the other one I always talk about is "Hey Ya" by Outkast. Uh huh. You know, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah. If you listen to the, the it's like such an upbeat song. Yeah. And everyone's dancing. You listen to the lyrics. It's a lament of how hard it is to to have a relationship. Yeah. If what we say is nothing lasts forever, then what makes love the exception? Yeah. Oh, why, oh, why are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here? Yeah. Fuck. You put something to a good beat. Yeah. And, <laughs> and people don't hear yeah. it. Well, it's plus crazy. they also say that the blues is like happy music because even though you're talking about how shitty it is, you're still, it's still, you know, you're still alive to tell the story. You're and still, there's a groove. there's a groove, you're dancing. So. I've always like. It's a weird thing because you think like, I think of like a blues guitarist as being one of the most like erotic characters imaginable. Like yeah. If I were a woman, I would love to fuck, you know, whatever, you know, B.B. King or yeah. somebody, right? Jimi Hendrix. Not that he's a blues artist, but no. yeah. you look at what he does at the guitar, yeah, you're like, I would like, totally fuck you. But then all the songs are about how you know my wife up and left me, and you know she's fucking my best friend. Yeah, and I can't get laid. It's like there's a whole genre of music that seems to be the opposite of their lived experience. Yeah, you know. I but mean, I mean, there's something cooler about saying that than being like I get I get every chick I want. I walk into the well, bar that, and they all, and they all like, hang off my dick. Too short. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole. Well, we kind of go that way, but that's the that's the joke. You know, that's yeah, the joke. That's the joke. Exactly. I mean, like, think about a pimp. They're like over. They're not even overly masculine. It's almost like there's a feminine thing to like really putting time into the way you look, yeah, doing your hair. That's true. Uh, like, I don't want to spend more than two minutes getting ready. You know. Yeah. But there's something. You know, having a nice car. There's some, you know, there's, yeah, or, or the dandy, pure. or the dandies, you know, yeah. the whole peacocking thing. Right. Like, well, and also spending a lot of time understanding women. Yeah. Right. Knowing how to talk, knowing when to, when to put the, your foot down, when to right. give them compliments. You know, yeah. there's a, 
and you can know those things and still not want to not want to play that game yeah or you could even know you're doing the wrong thing like this 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 situation this is probably what I should do to get what I want but I just don't want to I don't want to go there and I don't want to fuck with your head and I'm just gonna just not not do that even though you know what are we talking about getting laid here no I mean anything like you could if you're talking about knowing the way a woman thinks and stuff and I'm not saying I do but if you're in a situation okay okay this this is called for when I should pull back and you go well I don't feel like doing that and I still rather I still rather like lose you know lose this fight or whatever than doing what what I I think would be the the right thing to not even the right thing but the thing that's gonna you know which actually like you need to be put in your place right now but I'm not gonna do that because I don't feel like that right right and then you can take it to the next level where it's like yeah there's something really attractive about not a guy who doesn't give a shit yeah right so there's like you're talking about okay there's the difference between not knowing how to play it yeah knowing how to play and not playing it and then there's the third I know how to play it but I don't give a shit yeah and you probably should play it sometimes like like my chick always says you need to dress more like a rock star instead of looking like an eight-year-old surfer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I want to wear board shorts and flip. Like, this is comfortable. Right. Uh, and so, so I mean, I, I, I get it all. But, but dressing like a rock star, I mean. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, if, like, I guess yeah. on, even on stage, I wear, like, jeans and a, and a T-shirt, you know, and a hat. One I, of the biggest mistakes I ever made in terms of, like, fashion and i'm like you i don't give a fuck like right now i'm wearing sweatpants yeah. and slippers and yeah black. this this is my get up right i'll go out in slippers too yeah, i'll no, walk into I'll, grocery i'll go out of my pajamas and, yeah yeah um i was i was hanging with my ex-wife her husband and uh my wife it's a couple years ago three years ago maybe and the three of them were all like chris you need to change your look yeah. You're like this cool progressive <laughs> alternative dude and you look like you just got out of the army. Like, you know, come on, you got to like grow your hair long and then yeah. and I'm like, ah, I just don't it's too like, much it's, work, it's, you know. Yeah. Wanna, and they're like, "No, trust us, trust us. You know, we love you." And I was like, "Okay, if the three of you agree, probably the three closest people to me, you all agree, fine. This was like July. I said, I won't cut my hair until my birthday, which is in February. Uh-huh. Okay, fine. Is that enough time? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's enough time. So my hair, my hair grew, but my hair gets like, it's kind of curly. Uh-huh. So I get this weird, and it's thinner on top than on the <laughs> sides. So it becomes triangular, uh-huh. you know? So it was sort of growing out in this bozo pyramid kind of thing. And then it was all like, no, you got to like, you got to use product and like, I'm not using. <laughs> yeah. Product. Like you're already so far. Cause then you're not going to be you. Well, yeah, exactly. You know what it's I mean? Like this, then I'm going to spend, like I never look in the mirror. I shave in the shower and yeah. then I leave and the mirror is all fogged up. I'll go on. There'll be like a big patch of beard, <laughs> you know, left. like uh, there. I read uh, Sherlock Holmes when I was a kid and yeah, he would know stuff like, okay, this person has a window on this side because he never, he's like always misshaven on this. So the light comes in this way that, you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm more of the Duncan, but that, that turned into a whole situation because then my hair, it got long enough and then. Casilda was like, oh, you should put it in a ponytail. So then I'm like one of these douchebag guys with a tiny, tiny little ponytail. And and then she's like trying to cover my bald spot with it. And then like, uh, 
so it ends up so it's long and I did this I did this uh, thing for um, Valentine's Day on Fox News in San Diego wow and um you know, they were asking about relationships and sex and all that oh, shit. Oh, that makes so sense. I'm on there and I come off and I, I'm in the green room and I see the monitor and they're replaying it and I look so ridiculous, dude. I, and I mean this with no disrespect to lesbians, but I looked like a lesbian, not an attractive lesbian. And it was just like, oh, this is like, horrible. What what have I become? What from I one become? from what? one like, you, okay, I won't cut my hair for you six. You listen cents. to people who love you, they'll fuck you over. So anyway, it, that's my birthday. So I was like, Casilda, I'm cutting it. It's done. Yeah. I look ridiculous, yeah. right? And she's like kind of like, eh, you're kind of right. I don't want to say, but yeah. So then she's her last gasp effort is she says, No, here's the problem. You need to cut it in the back. So that the sides have a place to go, right? When you comb it back. It looks perfect right now. <laughs> Just kidding, like. Dude, so she cuts it in the back. So I've got it hanging long on the sides, short in the back. <laughs> I mean, total Hasidic Jew look. And then she left the next day to fly somewhere. And I, I was dropped Ran to the bar. Yeah, I looked on Yelp, like closest barber with four stars. Boom, I'm there. I go, and it's all black dudes. Yeah. Because right? it's, you know, Inglewood or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I said, do you cut white people's hair? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. Like, take off your hat. Let me see what we got. Everyone laughed. <laughs> the dude said, he said I looked like a Dickens character. <laughs> That's kind of what I was seeing when you were explaining it. Yeah, it's it just... was pretty sad. Like, I'll clean your fireplace, sir. Yeah. So no more of that. No more. And they mean well. I, I know they do, and and women put a lot. Not every woman, but a lot of women put a lot, of, like you know, a lot of time into the way they look, even when they don't need to. And right. you're like, if that makes you feel good, do it. But right. I like you better without makeup. But you know, and I don't think we need to put that same amount of time into like feel good about ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I I often wonder about these dudes, you know, where every fucking Instagram photo is their abs and their this and their that. And would I like to have abs? Yeah, I don't, but because I don't want to put the time into. That's it. Like spend that much time in the gym. I'm not going to get laid anymore if I have them. Right. Good for the people well, that, have, but yeah. I mean, we have them. They're just not. They're, they're underneath. <laughs> they're in there. I have. I have a, a six pack. I have a six pack, but it's an actual six pack in my stomach. In my case, that I just drank. It's, it's not a six pack. It's a case. Yeah, yeah it's more of a keg. <laughs> a keg, exactly. Mini keg. A mini keg. So, I mean, getting back to like rap as a as a parody or or like rapping. You were talking about like we don't have that much money or whatever. Like. Isn't I listen to rap and I often think even the ones who seem to be taking it seriously, right? Dre, Snoop, whatever. Like, and we do take what we do. Like, I definitely take it very seriously. There, when I'm, yeah. I'm not like clowning. There's just the obvious things are jokes. Like, right. you know, well, uh, like okay, our biggest so, song that we, was, we didn't want to be this was like uh, how big our dicks are. That right. would definitely not be how I would lead. <laughs> Like into something. I yeah, think it's you're not a, doing birthday parties. I just think like Simon has a song like about having a baby dick. I think that's a lot funnier and cooler than talking about how big your dick is. So right. if we're gonna talk about how big our dicks are, we better like it better be funny. Right. Right. You know. So I mean, but someone like Too Short, I've always heard Too Short as a guy who's 
his character is sort of making fun of the inner city black pimp dude. I don't he's know if he's really making a- fun. I think more like he grew up seeing that. He, he maybe wasn't that, you know. Maybe he became that, but uh, but then. I mean, there's, it's like, it's almost like a, a sports player, you know, maybe you're not, you're not a great basketball player, but you look up to the, I mean, it's definitely a sense of admiration. I don't know that he was making fun. I think he yeah. just, uh, well, let me, let me put it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that I feel like a lot of music is, uh, at least rap music is, like looking at it from a like socio, I, I know I sound like a real old white dude right here, but like looking at it from a socioeconomic yeah, perspective, yeah. right? You've got inner city black guys. Yeah, they're they're among the most disempowered people in the country. Yeah, right? systematically. Yeah, right. They're harassed by the cops. They yeah. can't get jobs. They're shitty educational opportunities emasculated on every turn by a system yeah. that, that pushes them down. So they're singing about the kind of status that they don't actually have. Yeah. Right? That they, that they want, that they yeah. deserve. And a lot of them have it through rap. They get it through rap. Or perhaps. through right. sports right. or through... So it's all like, you know, let the gold diggers count my spokes, bitches come yeah. a dime a dozen, don't yeah. get mad when I fuck your cousin. Yeah. Like, it's... So it's... They're, they're sort of celebrating access to something that they don't necessarily actually have access to, money and women. Yeah. So it's like well, they have access to women. I think just, uh, I mean, they, I would say maybe just not access to something out of your own neighborhood per se. Mm. They might not have access to the movie stars, and then they right. can get access to the the models and movie stars after right. they. I just think Two Shorts really smart. I do. Too. So maybe yeah. I, that's, that's how say, you're kind of saying, okay, there's obvious. This obviously can't be just across the board because uh, he's just you know. I don't know. Like like uh, Bootsy Collins. Okay. Like, he's definitely playing a character. I mean, you right. see early you yeah. see early Bootsy and he's just a shy yeah. tall dude that can fucking play the shit out of a bass. Yeah. And then and then you know that be then he become that and then maybe that you know that I think at some point it's not that it's like your person. I think he's just like that becomes his money maker. Or, you know. Yeah. Because the crowd responds to it, and maybe he and didn't maybe like he being, and maybe he didn't like being the shy uh, right. guy or whatever. Right. You know, you never know. So like, you pl- do you think for me, I, I kind of, <laughs> I like being the shy. I kind of, it's weird. for me, it's just a little backwards because, you know, like say you were uh, some con- some country person didn't you know, and like say like Elvis or something. So. And I'm not comparing myself to Elvis, but just say I'm saying the Mickey opposite. Avalon compares himself. Yeah. To Elvis. Well, no. So, so you're like this. You live in the country, and then all of a sudden you have all this money and fame, women, and all this, and then like it's easy to get swallowed up by that. Like I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I already had all these experiences before I got quote unquote whatever you know amount of fame I got, and I like I like the chase. I I like the hunt. So I didn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, I finally got this, I finally got this thing I've, I've wanted. Like, I don't want girls throwing themselves at me because I don't think that's very uh, fun. Mm. You know, I mean, it's fun sometimes. You have to catch them. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I like, I like the chase. I don't know. I'm, right. I'm, I don't know yeah. if I'm old fashioned, hopeless, romantic. Like, 
it's it's fun for the night but i am and not that i'm like oh i don't respect you because you threw yourself i just like i want i want to like want something and then like zero in on you know and and trying to get it yeah. so when people are like oh now now because you got this thing you can act a certain way it's like no i acted that way before and if anything i want to act like more the opposite now right like i I want to be like I want to be a painter who lives in a cabin and can paint all day, you know. And it's pretty cool to have that balance. Like if you've got the solitude and you're working on your paintings, which are beautiful, by the way. Thank I, you. I've seen a couple of them. Are they? You have a website where people can see them? No, I'm I'm working on getting it all together. I mean, first it's just working on having like the time, you know, more time to put towards it i'm gone a lot so i don't get to do it right. but uh i mean it's it's all coming together what a cool balance though to be like to have solitude and then go out and be in front of i think know, it i think it helps yeah people. i think it helps keep me uh balanced I th because because i'm not using it for uh to you know to give me my like it's not my sense of self or anything yeah. but it, it's probably it's got to be a good release on on some yeah. level do you yeah. think, like getting back to what we were talking about earlier, and let me be really clear, when I talk about like too short or whatever, like I don't mean any disrespect. Oh, of I course. Think it's so interesting how someone can like inhabit, because I think what we do is we, we think they're really like that. Like people think John Wayne was really a tough guy. Yeah. People think too short. I, I listened to Too Short's conversation with Simon just yeah, recently. Yeah, I have to listen And to he that. made the point, like, I'm no pimp. Yeah. You know, I'm I've never been a pimp. Like yeah. that's a character yeah. I developed that you know, or I don't know if you saw Bruce Springsteen's special on Netflix is one. No, I heard you Broadway talking show. about it though, so I wanna It was watch so it. cool, man, because he said like I have never in my life been in a factory. Yeah. Johnny Cash has never been to jail. Except He's, when he played Except there. when he played yeah, there. Fulsome or whatever. And Yeah. It's so it's like you develop a character and it's it's like writing a novel. You you make up characters but what you're trying to do is convey a truth yeah. that's that's sort of fabricated out of and you could lies, become this, but it's yeah. a truth. Yeah. There is a truth there. You know? And you could become the spokesperson for those people without necessarily even, you know, like Johnny Cash, I guess, became the spokesperson for the downtrodden right. uh, without being, being that. Or you could respect yeah. that. And it's just, I mean that's a lot more respectable than trying to be something you're not right you know like john wayne probably wasn't that tough maybe he was he's a big guy i mean I'll tell you what he was raised as a girl until he was like eight or nine years old <laughs> his mother named him marion because she wanted to have a daughter and they dressed him as a little wow. girl hemingway same Really? So, two of so the that's most, like a thing yeah well it was in the 40s and you know 30s, well i know that uh what's his name doc watson one of those old uh real wild west guys like yeah. doc watson or one of them was on the set of a lot of the early john wayne movies like he was one of the only guys that didn't get killed in the wild west and yeah. actually came to hollywood yeah. it's might not be doc watson but it's doc doc holiday uh. so he learned john wayne learned a lot of stuff from him but so what they they wanted a girl so they right. It was pretty, well, let's say it wasn't very unusual to raise little boys as girls. But what was the, 
the the Rilke, moms are just you know, insane. The, the German poet Marie Marie Rainier Rilke, he, yeah, yeah. he was also raised as a girl. So like a, that's a thing. It was a thing. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's Early like nature century. versus nurture. You're yeah. not going to turn someone gay by dressing like a girl if they're not born yeah. gay. But you might give them a real chip on their shoulder. You could so definitely give them a chip on their shoulder. Become like Mr. Macho dude, like Hemingway or John, John Wayne. Wayne. I don't know if Rilke was macho or not. I but don't think so. I'm yeah. guessing not from his poetry, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, but what I was yeah. going to say is, so you get, you, I, I'm really intrigued by this this sort of like this um, nuanced, layered, you know, where you know, a guy like Too Short, he really is from Oakland. Yeah, um, he did grow up around he other did people. Grew up in that world. So well, he actually was born in L.A., but he moved to Oakland when he was okay. twelve or thirteen, I think. But I mean. Selling, uh, selling tapes the same way you'd sell drugs to the drug dealers. To the, I mean, you're definitely still in that circle. Right. You become part of that, and right. then, and I'm sure, like, even if you're playing a, a role, I mean, he's still, I'm sure, been with a bunch of chicks in his life. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think he just, as long as you don't get caught up in, as long as you don't start thinking you're, I don't know, yeah. I really don't. Well, know. it's all, like this question of authenticity. Is is interesting. When I I was here in L.A. pitching a TV show a few years ago, and it was going to be like I was supposed to be the Anthony Bourdain of sex, right? Okay, I was going to go around the world. That'd be and, fun. Um, like talk about you know tonight this week we're in Bangkok and let's talk about lady boys and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I was talking to this production company and they were interested in it and they're like, okay, so what's your on air persona going to be? You're like and me. I was like, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to have a persona. Yeah. I just want to be authentic. Yeah. And the guy looks at me and he goes, "Oh, you're going to be authentic with air quotes, <laughs> right?" And it's like, and he made a point. But you were forced to say something that you probably wouldn't have. If someone went to put that question to you, like once you say, oh, "I want to be authentic," okay, then you're that guy. But the truth yeah. is, you're probably just being authentic. And then when someone asks the question that someone probably wouldn't throw at you if you weren't doing a Hollywood thing, then yeah, you sound pretentious by yeah by answering their pretentious question. Well, but also he he had a good point, which was that if you're going to be a public persona, you're going to be on a TV show, yeah. a weekly show, you need to be consistent. Yeah. And I know you as a human being are not consistent. You as a human being have ups and downs and, you know, you're in a good mood and a bad mood. Yeah. But you can't show up to host a TV show and say, hey, this week I'm in a bad mood, so fuck you all. Or not show up. Or not show up. Because right? you're in a bad mood. face to show up, you know, whatever. Like, you, there needs to be... So if you're in the public eye, almost unavoidably, I would, I would argue, except for maybe podcasting, mm-hmm. you need to play a role. You need to... You yeah. need to be you need to be a Mickey Avalon. You yeah. need to like create a character that can overlap with your true self a lot or not a lot, yeah, depending I agree. on where you are. But there needs to be a performance. Like if I like yes, if I'm in a bad mood, the show still has to be fun. Right. I'm not gonna go, okay, uh today we're just gonna play sad song. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I have it. I mean I do have sad song, but like yeah. the the beat. Right. We're gonna bring it down three not so yeah, I think you I kinda mean, I think you kinda see, okay, this is what they want. Right. Whether if that's how it started that way or or not. And and then give it to them. Some artists probably rebel against that. Like think about Van Morrison. But he's just like a folk folk singer. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's got this reputation as being like really ornery. 
Like he's an asshole. That's what people say. But I I wonder if it's just that he refuses to do that. Okay, or Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, right. Like, so, I'm going to play electric. Fuck you all. I don't care. And that's awesome. It. Yeah. And, but I watched Bob Dylan. Like, I watched, like, that early movie where he's a dick to everyone. And I know the world is a certain, you know, and it doesn't make me cringe. But I know I, I, I respect that because I could never do that. Like, I'll be polite to... Yeah. Like, I could never be a dick to an interviewer, even though right. I might want to be. I guess right. if they were really a dick and were trying to make fun of me or something, I probably could. Right. Uh, but, I, you know, I respect the way he acts because I don't have that in me. You know, like, yeah. he he doesn't... I don't talk really on stage either. I'll throw a few thank yous at them. But Bob Dylan won't say one word. Right. And he almost looks mad to be there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's cool, you know. And... A lot of it's also when you probably, you make a certain amount of money. Uh, I mean, I think everyone played, like Bob Dylan definitely played the game. Yeah. I mean, you read any of the any of the biographies about him, you know, he was ripping. Bob rip- Dylan is a character. There you go. Right? So, and, yeah. so, I mean, like being true to yourself. Okay, like what, what does that mean at yeah. the end? You know, Van Morrison has definitely made, a, is he even still alive? I think so. Okay, yeah. so he's definitely made a nice amount of money in his yeah. career. So if you're a multimillionaire, I'm guessing it's easier to like say I'm gonna fuck this show off, mm. or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show up tonight. You're Van Morrison. You're they're gonna hire you the next time. Yeah, I still have that fear. Like if I don't show up tonight, what if there's not gonna be a, a next time? Right. Yeah. You know. I feel like I mean to the extent that I I'm in the public eye at all. I feel so fucking grateful. And that's how I pay attention. That's what I'm like. I can't imagine being a douche about like it. I. Always know that my last job before I did this is always waiting for you know like what I can I worked at pizza shop yeah. but I mean it could be I, I wash dish it. yeah it's like yeah. I pump gas in Oregon uh, I just that is always available yeah so when you say you can't find a job like yes you can always find a job and I know how much I hated that shit yeah not that it like was so hard it's just that it wasn't so hard that just you know, you're spending 10 hours a day just doing something that you fucking hate for someone who doesn't give a shit. Right. And, like, that's always there. So every day that I don't, and I'll never forget it, you know? Like, there's no amount of money that I could get that makes me forget that. And I just don't, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. You know, there's there's hard months, like... Like what we do, the you know when like the the holiday months come at the end of the year, like there's not much work, and I don't I don't like have money in the bank, so you know you just you just deal with those months. You borrow from Peter to pay back Paul, and but I'm not gonna like fuck it up on my account. Yeah, like I'll fuck it up because people don't want to listen to that anymore. Right, or I got not good, or you know just now like my jokes aren't funny anymore, but not because. And I think I could probably get away with a little, you know, like I've had people think I'm a lot more fucked up than I am. I mean, I have been very fucked up in my life and I fucked some shows up by being too fucked up. But you're talking about drugs, drugs, alcohol, whatever. But even if I had that green light, like to go on stage and fall on my face and fuck up all that, like no one really wants to see that more than like once, maybe, Mm. you know? Yeah. So. What do you think about the Doors, like Jim Morrison, as as an example of that? Well, okay, I think 
You, you know, I think music? there's a lot. Whenever there's a lot of fame, I, I mean, I don't know that Jim Morrison wanted. All, maybe he wanted all the fame. I don't know. Mm. I think he probably got overwhelmed. Uh, and then just the world was so much different. Like the thing he got in trouble for, like he didn't even really do. Like the there's no photos of his dick out in Florida. Somewhere. In my yeah, Florida. Right. And then he become you know. I think he probably just wanted to be left alone. You know, but but isn't I mean people want to be left alone who are also going on stage. Well, there's that's a weird thing. But I mean, I don't know the end. I think that was almost. I think that kind of ended a lot of his career. I think the dick thing. The dick and thing got into legal trouble. And, kind of legal yeah. trouble. I mean, you could look at like Jerry Lee Lewis. Same thing. He's getting like ten thousand dollars a night. Then he goes to England with his wife, who's his fourteen year old cousin or thirteen, and then all of a sudden now he's making two hundred dollars a night. Uh, so yeah. with Jim Morrison, I mean, I think he de- he was like a sex symbol, and then at the end he's like fat with the beard. Yeah. I mean, I think I think women or men that are like uh, are like a sex symbol or a sex worker or something. I think that probably gets annoying, and then you know, like I don't want like like uh, like Nico. You know, mm-hmm. like Velvet Underground Nico. Right. She's like this hot model, and then right. it's like you you want to rebel against that and yeah i mean i don't know how much jim morrison went on stage af- after that i don't either i know he was uh like in france when he died but he was an alcohol you know yeah. plus drugs and alcohol will uh and i'm a fan of both uh and i'm not in 12-step program or anything but i know they could fuck you up if you don't if you don't <laughs> use them properly i don't know i mean do you ever think about how strange it is that like our entire Western civilization, we, one of the things that people aspire to most is fame, and yet fame oh, it's the crazy, itself is so it's the worst and difficult. And I but mean, that's even, that's that's like okay, you ask someone now, oh, what do you want to do when you get older? Oh, I want to be famous. Oh, I want to be a rock star. Okay, well, what do you want to be famous for? Like, uh, oh, you want to be a rock star? What uh, what what instrument do you play? Oh, I don't. I I don't do that. I just so like you want the you want the the bad part of this thing that you know like the great actors they don't want to be famous they want to be great actors they you know Daniel Day Lewis uh, you know even De Niro any of these guys like that's their art that's what they and the fame is the annoying part of it the money's not necessarily annoying because that gives you the life, you know, you you could go work and then go to your island that you own for the other few months. But that's, that's the problem. And like the social media or America or whatever, like wanting to, like wanting the bad part of something because they think it's going to be really fun. And some people might like being bugged on the street. Like don't knock that either. Like some people might, want to go to the market and have everyone tell them how how great they are that might be Mm. if maybe as a kid you didn't no one paid attention to you and now you want like i don't want that Mm. so whenever i'm like sitting there thinking like oh i could have made a lot more money if i didn't do this you know i probably could have played some of these i could probably could have made some moves that would and then i think about like yeah but then i won't be able to like go to the you know I wouldn't be able to go to the market in my pajamas or, you know, or 
or you know, if I was buying drugs on the street, which I haven't done for a while, but if I was like a new man, like that would be on TMZ. There wasn't TMZ back then either. But yeah. so I'm like, thank thank God I can still do some of the things I'd like to do right. without having it, you know, be on be on a magnifying glass. Yeah. What What's the appeal of heroin? What What do you? I've tried it twice. Uh-huh. Had a terrible experience both times. So I just never. I mean, for me, I think for me. I think there was two appeals. One part of me just never thought I would do that because it had fucked up my dad's life. But then I think another part of me, like all my heroes were heroin addicts, you know, Lenny Bruce, uh, you know, all these blues guys. Right. Uh, and then, and then when I did it, I really, I really liked it. So, did you smoke it first? Or? No, I just put my arm out and got a shot from my friend. Straight up, wow. So. At that time, it's kind of actually very ironic too, because I was trying to get my dad to get like get help him get his shit together. Well, I wasn't trying to help him. I was trying to just do it. He didn't want any help. I was trying to get his, you know, help him get his shit together, which he did, at like for the last two years of his life. But through that, it kind of got me so you know depressed and everything, and so I would like drink. Uh, and then, and then I just kind of ran into some, fr- I, I think I kind of manifested it too. Like I kind of was running with like, you know, drug addicts and then that happened. And I just, from like, it just rang my bell, I guess. It's just, I mean, I threw up that night all night, but I remember just that feeling was like better than the booze or mm. it just, I don't know. It just like I felt, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I was in the womb or anything. I just, I felt really good. And it was the only thing that could ever make like all my, my problems go away. Yeah. But I knew that I was, I knew it was never going to work. Like I knew that there wasn't, like I wasn't going to beat something that nobody else had ever right. beaten, you know. Right. right. So, so you knew it was leading to a dark place but it was worthwhile for the one yeah like before up until then i was like i'll never do this because i'll like it because of my dad blah 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 and then it was like what well, doesn't matter because this this is just so painful that i rather that is a better trade-off yeah. you know and then it fucked up everything like that i love but but i mean i i'm grateful for it too i because i probably would have committed suicide if i if i didn't find it you know that's an interesting angle that you don't hear very often that it it could actually have saved you because I lived through it. Everything is different on the other side or something. Right. Like I've been to a nice amount of uh AA meetings. I think it's a great fellowship. I'm not part of it, but one of the things I appreciated the most about it is people would tell these horrific stories and then everyone would laugh in unison because to someone else they'd be like that's her that's horrific but right. because you know like and i walked in and my my husband was fucking the babysitter and and there was blood, you know whatever it is and everyone ah because they all lived through it but right. that's the thing is they live through it like they got to the other right things are different when you get to the like i'm not saying oh kids you want to commit if you feel like committing suicide go pick up heroin it will get you through it will get you through the day that's right. not it yeah it's just because uh and I don't even know that I would. I mean, I, I tried before, but I it didn't. Uh, I tried before with heroin, and I woke up in the morning, and I tried again. I woke up in the morning, and then I said, 
Well, actually, I tried it once, woke up in the morning, and then... Tried this, to kill yourself. Yeah. Well, I just did a, a, a shot that I thought would be too big, yeah. That and then... And then I woke up in the morning, I didn't have any left. And then I tried another time and I go, well, in case I wake up in the morning, I'm going to leave some, I'm going to leave some. So when I, if I do wake up in the morning, I'm not fucked. And so, and then I never tried that again. But, uh, but I don't know that I would have. I just think maybe that, you know, if you're going through a hard time, that, that got me through a lot of shit. And then I was strong enough to get, to get past it. Gabor Mate, you know, Gabor Mate, you know, he is, he's he's this Canadian (laughs) doctor who, Worked with um, a lot of heroin addicts, and uh, yeah, he's really interesting. He's written a bunch of books. Cool guy. And he says, addiction isn't the problem. Addiction is the person's attempt to solve the problem. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And now, and we, and now, and we don't really have too many good. Uh, like we haven't found a way that works. You know, more than I don't know, a small percentage of. I guess a lot of people are getting off with like ibogaine or yeah. ayahuasca, yeah. but with the uh, with the rehabs, you're just spending a lot of money to get introduced to a free program, which is Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics right. Anonymous. So you go spending fifty, you go spend fifty grand <laughs> to get taken to a meeting that's free, so and a book you, that costs ten bucks. Yeah, how did you get out of that world? I mean, I'm not to, I, I'm not sober, so I'm not. Yeah out of that world your, i mean as far as um uh i mean i have you know, problematic relationship with heroin for example do you think there is there a way i have a child use? uh was that a turning point no but that was the start of of trying yeah um i i don't even want to say, like i never really hated myself so i want to say like oh i don't hate myself anymore uh i think Having her was definitely something to live forward. So, okay, so if I was suicidal, which just because I told those stories doesn't mean I was, like, suicidal for some long period of time. But that became not an option anymore, if it was. Uh, just because I think that once you bring someone else into the world, that's kind of, like, fucked up to, like, oh, sorry, I'm going to peace out now. Yeah. Um, so that I think that was the beginning of starting to have some sort of... Uh, you know, responsibility or something. And oh no, I can, I can uh, drink, I can drink a little and, and to be okay. I mean, I have a super addictive personality. I just don't want to go shoot heroin again. I don't know. She should go to the gym, man. You know, work out, become addicted to that. I, I should. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> See those abs start emerging. Yeah, no, I, I, I should do more physical activity than I do. I get a little on stage. I could probably get like an hour's worth of cardio. Uh, yeah. And But... I just don't. If I could do some sort, you know, and I see people doing yoga, and I think that's cool. And and I did tai chi like a long time ago, and yeah. I like that. But it's really just getting. I don't. I don't know what because I'm not. I, I'm just not like a, a beacon of sobriety. So I don't. I just <laughs> maybe I traded one for the other. I don't know. Well, I mean, I often think that is like you know a lot of these guys who work out all the time. That's an addiction for them. You know, they're addicted. Oh, it, they're chemicals. You know that. Oh, I'm sure it's and it's a good addiction unless it takes over your. I guess life. Yeah, yeah. But you I mean, know. people are like, you know, I have friends who are runners. And like their knees are fucked up, their backs fucked up, and they're still running. Yeah. And I look at that, and I'm like, is that really good for you? Like, God. I mean, I've worked out a few times. <laughs> I mean, and every time I do it, I hate it so. M- like after the <laughs> after the fact, like yes, the endorphins are going. Right. Right. But like while it's happening, 
Like I'm like even just like a mile, like go run a mile, and like sweats going into my eyes, and I'm and I'm like and I'm like I never want to fucking do this again. Like this yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. My teeth hurt when I run. Just ev- I'm like, and then after like yeah, then and I'm like okay, that, you know I, there was a payback, but I'm like the payback wasn't worth the yeah like. To this day, anything I wasn't allowed to do, like as a child, I still, I mean, I'm in my 40s. I still get like a complete joke. Like if I even get a candy bar, I'm like, this is fucking so good. Like I I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm a grown up. If I want to fucking eat a candy, like, so I hate that shit so much that no matter if someone's like, you're going to do this, do that. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Like, I think yeah. boxing would be fun. Yeah. And, I, you know, maybe I'll get into it when I, I was, like, love watching boxing and stuff. But it while I'm doing it, that, that pain that, like, you're about to die, you're going to throw up. Like, it's so, I just, like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and if and if I need if I need to do that for someone to love me, then th- that person's not going to be in my right. in my not that I want to like be a slob for the person I like, you know, try to keep upkeep as you know, try not to smell too much and stuff. But back to what we were talking before, yeah. like, I'm sorry, that's just not me. Well, that's it. I mean, if you have to pretend to be someone you're not in order to get someone to love you, then they don't that's love not you the, anyway. Exactly. So it's all a big mess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I would never like be with someone that you know i i met like as a fan or something like that would never that would never work because who they thought i was would be and like yeah there are all those aspects are part of me but it's not like the full picture that's a cool i uh, simon and i had an interesting moment we were in a this cafe that he likes to go to in venice and um, the woman working there recognized me and was like, oh, I listened to your podcast and read your book and, and, and it was great. And, uh, and actually she and I have become friends. Right. And, and when we left, Simon was like, dude, your experience is so different from mine uh-huh. because she actually likes you. Like as an intellect, whatever, like, yeah, well, like she knows, she knows that- me through the podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like this isn't, I'm not playing a role yeah not like this isn't my you know version of too short or something right? yeah and so like you know what he was saying is like when people come up to me i'm always really guarded and because i feel like if they knew me it, it, it even came up in that article you that you and i are talking about yeah where the guy's like you know rather than like rapper cool dudes uh mickey and simon sort of come across as like a couple of nebbishy remember and simon's yeah. like oh my god you should listen you know we can sometimes we can't even decide where to go to breakfast yeah and there's all this shit. i mean he's not what he seems like yeah you know in his public persona nobody is yeah and one well, especially you know. like an actor who's playing other people's role i mean oh yeah if you talk about right. me too short it's like at least that's something we wrote for ourselves right you know uh if you're an an actor i mean unless you're like one of the best like we we're saying daniel day lewis uh the other dude de niro de niro no there's the other one the christian bale oh right uh like they were i mean they're bringing themselves to their their parts but I mean, most people i mean that would really suck you just show up and i mean i was in a movie once just recently and I played someone else, and I guess it was kind of fun. But if you did that all the time and never got to, like... What was the movie? It's called Puppy Love. It's not out yet, but uh, it's... Uh, 
It's directed by a guy named Michael Maxis. I'm in it. Paz De La Huerta, Michael Madsen, Sean Penn's son, Hopper Penn. It's like an awesome movie. Mm. Oh, Cowboy Cerrone, The Fighter. Uh, Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton? Yeah, he plays a small part. He's Roseanne, still alive? Yeah, Roseanne Arquette. Wow. In it. Uh, and it, no, it was actually fun, but most of it was because Simon worked with me and, and it was really my preparation that uh, made it, made it. Where you know made it where I think I did a good job. A lot of people like me the best in it. Not Who'd you to, play. I played okay. The main guy is this guy named Kenny, who's kind of like special, like a Forrest Gump kind of special. Hmm. But not everything goes right for him, and he falls in love with this hooker, and I'm like his sex addict, like best friend who's not who's not really his best. Like just I don't know. I'm kind. Like, he's in love with this chick, and I just, I, like, I'm like, awesome, now we can all, we can all fuck, like, I can bring my, my fat girlfriend, and and he's, like, really likes her, and then he's a virgin, and I finally, uh, spoiler alert, I, uh, I hire her for the night, and then bring him over there, and, like, to get him laid, and he just cries, and. Oh, because he's in love with her. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just banging her in front of him, and. <laughs> But that I'm not like I'm totally me. Like I'm not uh, in the in the movie. Like I'm not trying to. Like it looks. It's really like evil when you watch it. But that's not like I'm like think he should love this. Like right. like I'm giving the, him this opportunity that uh, that he can't like make happen by himself. So you're not like playing a character with a accent or no 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 you're that just being yourself. If I did that, I'd, I'd have to like have. Whenever I go, how do they do that? I'm like, okay, they. Obviously, they get the best teachers, I would think, at least when they get to that yeah. stage. Right. Because I wouldn't even attempt to try to do that by myself. I'd be like, okay, so I have to have an accent. What do you have to do with your mouth to make right. that, you know, yeah. like I'd work five hours a day yeah. with maybe, you know, with the, with the teacher. And, and But yeah, I don't have that within me to just bring out. By my, I never was the drama kid. I never, I, I'm like really good at being myself and, and that's about it. See that tr- tr- trophy right there? Uh-huh. I won that for playing myself in a porn movie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Were you like doing pornography or just in it? It's a porn movie where the woman interviews me as the uh, one of the authors of Sex at Dawn. Okay. Because she's a filmmaker. Her character is a filmmaker. Okay. So That's I, rad. Yeah, it was great. So I played myself and then like literally myself being interviewed, right? Which uh-huh. I've done a hundred times. And then she breaks into tears in the middle of the interview and runs off set. And then the next scene I'm with her in the kitchen, sort of having this heart to heart chat about how hard relationships are and, you know, open relationships. But you got the award. So you obviously did a good job. Best, I, I do have sex you know in the my movie. Category, though. Uh, Best non-sex performance. <laughs> the least cool ABN <laughs> <least laughs> award. There is. <laughs> um, I do have sex in the movie, but it's with a fake dick. Because that's like the really well. There's like laws and stuff for, oh. that, for that. So, so did you wear a strap on? Not a strap on. It's like you. It's like a rubber dick that you like put your dick into. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So like your dick's actually there. It's yeah. Like blackface for your dick. Kind of. Yeah. Like it. I don't. <laughs> you don't even see my dick, but like, say you did. Like it's fake. Wow, that's fascinating. So, and you could really show your real dick, but in like, if I was just standing, like say you were just standing in the hallway, to my knowledge, uh, you can show like a not hard dick. Right. 
in a non ex like a hard dick right. is too uh that becomes porn. Yeah. yeah, like it's uh but like if you're actually like looking like you're having sex right then it's got to be fake or i guess tucked or, or, so or something fucking weird man yeah there's That's and then the movie weird. probably might even be nc17 but i mean i think they want to make it rated r do you know there were i mean talking about faking you're i mean you're faking having sex, but like even if the woman was fine with it and you're fine with it, you can't actually do it. You have to it's fake so, it. Even it's, so, it's weird. so weird. And then our movie structures. So like in America, you see like one nipple, and like it's rated R, but you can murder like a hundred people right. in the first ten seconds of the movie, or even like on social media, like a nipple's out and then you get taken off the thing a for, woman's uh, nipple woman's not nipple. A man's nipple yeah yeah like what the fuck that's already right. so, okay. someone did this whole thing where they they photoshopped in men's nipples on women's breasts and that was okay well they, they took it down but then they're like how can you take it down those are men's nipples a, and you know look they're hairy and like it's so <laughs> i mean in other countries i don't know if it's still the same but i remember when i was a kid and we went to europe and stuff and like even here so like a kid can go to rated our movie if he's with his parents mm. and there there would be like 15 it wouldn't be like pgr uh, it'd be like 15 17 and if you weren't that age you couldn't go period well, not even with your either parents. with it uh. but then but the only things that were those were like violent like james bond uh, so right like you could go see and i even remember like we're walking on a beach i'm like nine and there's like a tapas girl and i'm like an american boy like oh my god and like the 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 kid the boys same age like big fucking like yeah. some tits Ooh. Yeah. whereas since it was i couldn't see that at home yeah. but but like violence is a big deal and i think we have a way more violent culture because you see this shit from and then like sex is so so repressed and i mean i don't know that they can fix it overnight but i remember seeing this uh movie on an airplane once it was a schwarzenegger movie which i would never see anywhere but yeah. an airplane probably uh one of those uh, he's a killer I, I don't i don't remember which one it is but it opens with uh you reminded me and you said you can kill a bunch of people in the first 10 seconds that's literally what happened it, it opens with like this party in a big mansion and these guys are like you know, first they kill the guards, you know, like with knives, so it's silent. Yeah. And then they go over the wall, and then they're like shooting people with silencers, and they're just dropping people everywhere. And then these Doberman pinchers come running out, and these two Dobermans run at the main character, and they leap at him, and he's got guns with silencers, yeah. but he doesn't shoot the dogs. They leap at him, and he, he like grabs their heads and bangs their heads together and then the dog's like oh, 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 and they run off so that's where they drew the line <laughs> yeah, does, that's does. what i'm thinking it's like you just killed like 15 people but if you shot the dogs yeah oh well no and it's like as an adult that. if that's what you want to watch like that's fine your brain can but children they see those they see the crazy video games i mean even the pornography now is just so much different i mean i don't even watch much oh, any porn really but not because i'm addicted to it i just don't like as a kid i go get a playboy and i unfold the center phone it's like the most amazing thing now it's like needs to be a gang bang with like eight <laughs> dudes while they're chilling and, and like 
I know for me at least as a child that would have disturbed like that really yeah. would have fucked with my head yeah. yeah you know and like a girl used to like learn how to make out with the boy like from like her older sister now that's like watching porn it's like no <laughs> that's not you don't need to yeah. do you know so but even the playboy messed with our heads i i met this dude in new york in the 80s when i was working there those are the playboys i grew up on yeah real tits bush right okay but here's the thing his job this is pre-digital right his, he was a photo retoucher. Oh, I, my my uncle shot for Playboy, and he would show me the pictures before and after. Oh, okay. So you know, uh, those but I, women aren't real. Oh, I know they didn't look like that, but I'm just saying still, yeah, it still yeah. did everything that I needed yeah. it to do, even though I knew this was fake. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he would show me. They'd be like four feet, foot eight, pimples, track marks, cut to like, the, right. you know. Yeah. Well, this guy showed me like, he would sometimes the centerfolds would be one woman's legs, oh, I didn't know another that. woman's oh, torso, and another woman's head. Wow, like three different women. And that's combined. before Photoshop. That was before Photoshop, yeah. right? So he was, you know, doing the airbrushing technique, yeah. you know. Yeah, and he also showed me that uh, they had these. They would put ace bandages, like women, full-breasted women. They'd put ace bandage around her neck and then loop them under her. Oh, to hold it to hold them up, and then he'd remove. So those. you're so you're looking for something that doesn't that exist. Just doesn't exist. You're like, where's the triple D yeah. tits that totally that stand up by themselves? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, th- that happens probably between like fifteen and <laughs> it's illegal when and it's seventeen. It's yeah, when it happens, it's illegal. <laughs> totally forget it, man. Yeah, the, getting back to that whole thing about like like a parody of something that you actually are celebrating at the same time that respect I love like there's a whole genre of music like that like I think of the Rolling Stones are you into the Stones? oh yeah Rolling Stones being like you know playing a country song yeah uh, uh, the girl with the far away eyes uh, you know hun- that song it's it's I know most of their songs. I, I was don't... driving one time through Bakersfield, listening to the colored radio station. Yeah, or like Honky Tonk. Or Honky Tonk yeah, Woman. Yeah, same thing. great thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a the great The Blues Brothers. Song. Uh, yeah. But then yeah. they're good at what they're... But then they're but doing... They a, obviously respect it. Well, yeah. plus it also... You, you respect it. And you as a white English guy right. playing the blues right. is going to sound different yeah. than a black sharecropper right. uh, whose parents or themselves grew up in. So that just becomes the natural, I don't yeah. want to say progression, just a different way right. of doing it. And, and for, for whatever reason, I like that more. Like I don't, I don't like white reggae. Right. I'm just saying it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, for reggae to sound good, you need a Jamaican accent for whatever reason. Right. And for whatever reason, it bothers me more when I hear a white person singing with a fake uh, Jamaican accent than when I hear Mick Jagger singing with a fake country accent. Yeah. Maybe it's because I like country music more than I like... I think I think Mick Jagger's being funny in a way like i think he's not making fun of them no being funny and making fun of are two different right and and even someone like weird al yankovic i don't think he's making fun either but that's not what i'm trying to do right like i still want to do what i do as good as i can do and and i think i i can i don't want to compliment myself but a lot of rappers like what i you know like you know I, I'm good at what I do I'm just mm. fuck it I'm set it but uh, so the art the craft all yeah, that is yeah. is still is still there yeah and it's cool I mean because you sort of 
from that article and from what I know, like you weren't. This wasn't a big plot. You, you just no. I needed one thing led to another. Yeah, and, I needed to. I needed to make money, and uh, and it worked out. Yeah. But and and like I said, I'll keep. Do, I'm gonna do it as long as I can. Uh, it's still fun. I'm not. I'm still feel young. I'm not in my seventies or anything. But I would. I'd like to do. You know. I'd like to be painting also. So yeah. and if anything. It just got more people to like when once I you know do my my first show or whatever my first painting show, even if people just come to it because they know me as a musician, the paintings are good enough to where uh, they won't like it because of who you know. Right. There's there's a lot of musicians that are good painters. There's a lot of musicians that are bad painters. But I'm sure the bad ones people still buy them because they're they're mm. famous enough. Right. Uh, and I'm I don't. I don't put myself in that. You ever seen Dennis Hopper's paintings? No. Really good. Really? Yeah, he was a really good painter. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times if you're good at like one kind of art form, you know, yeah. you're just, you're in that Creative. world. You, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it starts like with good taste. Like if you like all shitty stuff, right? then you're probably, you could like all shitty stuff and just happen to be just like so prolific and good at what you do that it doesn't. Sh- but it, if you're kind of trying to emulate something shitty, yeah. it might be shitty. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> if I'm, you're successful. I mean, I just don't know that there's like these shitty. great authors that yeah. just read the worst shit and then just, you know, yeah, you know, there's cool. good, there's good stuff that's so called bad. You know, they're like, there's good yeah. pulp fiction. Right. A lot of those writers were really good, yeah. But it's a so-called lower, lower. Right. So I'm not saying that like you can't like that. It's just if you like, and they and like a lot of those writers were were really good, like David Goodis, uh, uh, Elmer uh, Leonard, Elmer Leonard, a lot of those. Yeah. So yeah, they're great uh, writers. Yeah. Raymond Chan, you know, Chandler, uh, right? Uh, Dashiell Hammett, right? So. But like, if you just for whatever reason just like reading really bad stuff, like you might not be the best, or you just like yeah. really bad music. Yeah. So. So I, what what painters do you uh, you admire? I know you're into Gauguin. You Gauguin wasn't really one of my favorites. Oh, no? I liked Van Gogh a lot uh, more. Yeah. Uh, I like Gauguin more now, as I understand more. And I sent you that documentary because it just yeah. made me think of you for whatever reason. Um, Hanging but, out in paradise. Yeah, like I want to like that. It may, that's a good. He had a good life. I mean, till the end, he had a good life. But I like Van Gogh a lot more than Gauguin as a painter. I think I'd like to hang out with Gauguin a lot more mm-hmm. than I'd like to hang out with Van right. Gogh. He doesn't it's, seem like the fun. Uh, Van Gogh doesn't seem like the most fun, intense person to hang yeah. out with. Um, when I first got into painting, I really liked the German and uh, Austrian expressionists mm. like Egon Schiele, uh, Oscar yeah. Kokoschka. Uh, Klimt, you know, he's a little more, um, what's the word, like more decorative. But if you get rid of, like, Egon Schiele's basically Gustav Klimt without all the decorative stuff. Like, if you just stripped all that. Egon Schiele, so my Casilda paints, or well, she she draws. And her sort of innate style is very Egon Schiele. She's a doctor. So, like, there's a, I think it's because she understands anatomy really Mm -hmm. well. She does the body the way he does. Yeah, yeah. The muscles and yeah. the, you know, yeah, his stuff is so uh, naked. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so yeah, the opposite then, of Klimt in that sense. That's all ornate and yeah. very elaborate. And, no. you know, he'd like paint his sister naked, yeah. his young girls. And nowadays, I mean, even then it was a problem. Like he went to jail. But, and I don't, and I still like those guys just as much as I, I did at the beginning. But then, you know, I like other stuff off the off the top of my head. I can't even mm-hmm. think of a particular person. I really right now, like um, JMW Turner. I like Turner. Totally like, different yep, style. Yeah, I mean, I like but different things. For, uh, and I like skies. Hopper, who I never really liked. Is like yeah. I think I was more snobby when I first got in it because you uh, want to like be one thing. Right. And now I just I look at the paint more. I, I like. I don't. I won't be. I'm not. Maybe later in life I'd be an abstract painter, but now I'm. That's not how I think. But. I like like I look at paint first and foremost. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like jazz or something. So you look at the brush. I love the brush. I love brush strokes, but that. I like painting figures, portraits. Right. So even if it's done in an abstract way, like at the end of the day, if I painted you, it wouldn't look like a photograph of you, but you would know right. it was you. So, yeah. so I could see it like maybe progressing towards abstraction, but whenever I self portraits. Yeah, I've done them. I did more when I was younger. That's but interesting. I've, I'm it's really, good to get in the mirror and kind yeah. of... Uh, well, Van Gogh's self-portraits are so fucking And wild. some of them are really small, which is huh. I never realized until I, I saw some of them. And I tend to work bigger. But I, sometimes I think about trying to go small, too, just to do that. But I don't even remember what I was Sorry, saying. Sorry, I interrupted but, you. You're talking... No, no, no. Um, uh, portraits where were you going oh yeah yeah With when I see like someone who just started painting yeah. like painting abstractly it mm. seems premature it's like if yeah. you just started doing jazz right yeah like exactly. it's like yeah, you gotta learn you need chops. to learn the rules before you you break, break them. them yeah you yeah. know and um, there maybe there probably is people who have started there and, and just been amazing naturally but that's just not and when I first started learning how to paint uh the, the person I picked for as my teacher was my friend's dad, who was an abstract painter. And I heard, because I heard like Rembrandt's uh, students, like there's a lot of paintings out there now that people think Rembrandt did, but it's actually his students. Yeah. And they didn't mean to, they just kind of emulated his style, picked it up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that to happen. So I knew learning from an abstract painter, which I didn't want to be an abstract painter, mm-hmm. I learned using the paint brushed like i learned color all that stuff without the threat of me trying to paint like him right so that i think that helped me are out. you still studying or are you on your own now i mean no i'd like I, I probably would be nice to my daughter goes to art school uh i don't but i mean i'm always studying as far as looking and stuff right. but i mean it'd, it'd be cool to go work with someone you know a few hours a day or a week or something but I'm, i mean i'm pretty much on my own you ever done psychotherapy I don't know what. Like, that, I mean, have you gone to a therapist? When I was young, I mean, they took me to yeah. a few times, but and I probably went as a grown up a few times. And I'm not anti like uh, I'm not like you know so manly like I can't go see it there. I just when whenever the things that you would think okay we we should go talk to a therapist you should go talk I'm like this isn't the thing I should go maybe I should but not not about this right like, yeah and the reason I asked is because I was thinking like. Uh, w- like as someone who you can already paint, you already know the rules. Going and working with an artist, 
is kind of how I look at psychotherapy. Like, I, I know what you mean about, like, the, no, you can't sleep, or you need to stop smoking, or you're, yeah. you know, you're compulsively jerking off. Like, <laughs> But as opposed to, I think it would be interesting to do psychotherapy just sort of as a discipline. Like as a study of, of myself. Self. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd be yeah. yeah, I'd be into that. It would be a luxury if it's not addressing you know, like, oh I need to yeah. fix and, this. And I guess if uh yeah, if someone was willing to do it and it was, you know, free. <laughs> but it was free, you might not take it seriously. That's true. Or if it was, you know, an amount that was uh, <laughs> conducive. Yeah, manageable. You could pay with paintings that, maybe yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like I'm that. I'm all about the barter system. Right. Yeah. Barter's like good. you're going to help me know myself, which is going to make me paint better. And thus right. you'll get a painting for well, cause, I mean, a month's worth. I mean, I guess, I guess this all relates back to what I was asking about uh, self-portraits, right? Because for a long time, I was really interested in self-portraits and autobiographies. Uh-huh. Like, I love autobiographies. Yeah, I love both. Yeah, like how, like, like seeing, you know, Picasso's vision of this woman that he was fucking is interesting. Yeah. But seeing his vision of himself yeah. at that moment in As his life. As a bull life, fucking her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows with yeah. Picasso, but maybe, uh, you know, Rembrandt's self-portraits yeah, yeah. are just so... Like at different stages of his life, what he captures in his eyes. Like, yeah. How do you do that? Like, how do you capture an expression in someone's eyes that brings them to life and you see them so clearly? And then to do that with your own eyes, like, how well do you have to know yourself yeah. to do that? You know? I used to do them like on my birthday, a few. Like, I think I did on, like, probably 28, 29, 30. I mean, I have a lot of self-portraits just as, because that's a model that's always accessible. Mm. Um, like, I have a lot of my dad while he was still alive because uh, he didn't move. Because <laughs> no. uh, he'd be in... No, my dad moved. It's just he could be in a chair for hours at a time, yeah. not moving. Uh, and it's and it's easier for me to paint people I know yeah. than just... Uh, because there's more to it than just what they look like, but mm. I mean, I should probably get back to doing. I, I it's it's definitely it's a good uh, it's a good exercise, and psychotherapy would probably definitely help. Like I like Jung, and uh, and uh, like I like I like what it's about. I just like like you said, going. Oh, I need to stop smoking. Uh, hypnotize me, or let's talk about it. Like yeah. that's not what I like. That maybe they could help with those things. But I think if you go there thinking like, okay, this is the problem and you're going to help me fix it. That's not going to be right. it. It's like you right. said, finding more out about yourself. Why, why do I do this thing? Why do, yeah. You know? It's like taking a, like a, I don't know, a graduate seminar in you. Yeah. You know? Like, I think that would be really, of course you'd have to, from, I mean, I think both of us, it would be like, it would be really important that you're doing it with someone who you feel innately is at least as smart as you. And you trusted. And you, you trust. Know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like yeah. taking psychedelics. Like if it's a scary thing and, and do you, you know, like, are you willing, like, do you want to do that? And a lot of times they're like, do you want to go do this thing? I'm like, not right now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've done it. I'll do it again. But like right now, this minute, no, I don't really feel like, yeah. I don't really feel like going on that. Have you done a lot of psychedelics? I'm not, I don't, not a lot, a nice amount. I mean, as a kid, I did it as a kid, I did yeah. it tons. Uh, uh as a grown up, I kid, how, how young? 
13, 14, like not. Yeah. Now, uh, as a grown up, I've done mushrooms. Uh, I haven't done LSD as a grown up. I want to. I, and I have some in my house. I <laughs> just, it's, it's, I know where it is. I did DMT a few times. I, I haven't done ayahuasca because, like, I will. And just, like, I really need to. I mean, I know at some point you just have to jump off, you know, like you can't stand on the diving board too long. Yeah. But, uh, and then ketamine, I think that's pretty psych. It's been psychedelic to me. Uh, I did that. I do that. Or did that a lot. Um, but I know, like, to me, that's like psychotherapy. And, yeah. and there, you know, set and setting and all that, and it being the right time. Like, as a kid, the things I, I mean, it's like, I would never do like now it's, and I still got a lot out of it then, but not what I would get out of it. Yeah. Now. I know? didn't do any psychedelics till I was, uh, 18. It was the first time. And, and then it became like important for me. Yeah. Like, through, no, through my twenties. Yeah. Something I did pretty regularly. And like I learned a lot. MDMA. I guess that's not really psychedelic, but I did that pretty young with my like with my family and stuff and i do that with right. your family yeah like in a more uh, like my my aunt was like like we do it me my little sister and like it's more like medicine kind of really that's a whole nother we'll get into that another time <laughs> but uh it's interesting we'll but yeah i mean not as like a club drug i mean i've done it as a club drug too but uh like with that, it'd be like a few years worth of therapy and like, yeah, but in a, like in a kind of nice way, yeah. like, yeah, you've really been an asshole, but you don't need to fucking hate yourself. Whereas I heard like ayahuasca is a little strong. It's like a little more tough, not so much like coddling you for, you know, mm. things you may have done or not done. Whereas like, you know, uh, not yeah not the same like being you know being like tough in a good way but you know not not soft not not easy yeah more confrontational yeah yeah more confrontational yeah Yeah, definitely yeah i feel the same way about psychedelics i've done so much and i got to the point where i started to feel like i i've learned what there is to learn and going back now kind of feels a little disrespectful or wasteful or yeah like you got that thing and just not just doing it for fun and i think that's why like everything kind of has to be in the right like i said i got that lsd in my house and it will be taken at some point but it's not just gonna be friday night because i'm bored right yeah it doesn't go bad yeah exactly so all right, brother. I I feel like uh, I've taken enough of your time. Here. No, thank you. That was that was fun. Yeah, I I would like to hear about those MDMA stories. Sometime. Yeah, we'll talk about that sometime. after. <laughs> Not we can talk about it on mic. Just yeah, I feel like that would open up. We'd start a whole another two hours or whatever oh, it's been. Sorry. So you're going. You're on tour. You're going to Russia for this thing, but then you're on tour with Simon. Yep, we go on tour this weekend in uh, up north, but it probably won't be this weekend when this right. gets played. Uh, and then I'm going to Russia for a Holocaust march for my grandparents that uh, they found me, and I didn't want to say no because I thought it'd be disrespectful. Uh, to say no because I didn't want to go on an airplane for 12 hours or whatever and I just thought for their honor that something were both sides of your family yep my grandma and my grandpa they were out of all their families they were the only two that lived and then my uh, grandpa's 
nephew because he was 13, but he lied and said he was 18, so he lived through it. And and my grandpa went voluntarily because uh, he was like a magistrate and he was really good looking and they didn't think he was Jewish and they didn't want him to go and but his whole family went so he and he didn't want and then they looked like he was like conspiring with them because everyone went except him so then he voluntarily went. What but country was this? Romania, Hungary, depending on uh, what. So he yeah. volunteered to go. To yeah, the I mean they also. Camp? Not to take anything away from that, but they knew it was gnarly, but I don't think people knew they were like straight death camps. It was more like labor camps. Plus, I mean, he he couldn't like have his family there. And again, not to take anything away from yeah, him, but right. he, all his whole family went. So I don't know how, how much peace you could have being like free when your whole right. family. And it's not like you could do more on the outside by trying to get him out, you know, so yeah. he just... Uh, that's another thing we can talk about another time. But yeah, so I'm doing that, going to Russia for the first time, and then and then on tour for most of uh, most of the summer, which is fun. We just we're in and out of places pretty fast. You're doing like a Midwest tour. I remember Simon sent me the list. It's like Cleveland and Probably. St. Louis, and I mean we go most place. Not I mean we don't do all 50 states, but we do the East. We do the you know East Coast, Midwest. Yeah. I'll, I'll, everywhere has something cool about it, but we really don't get to see whatever's cool. I mean, we go in for the night and we're yeah. in and out. Uh, are you guys in a van or how are you traveling? Usually some a sprinter van if it's like boom, boom. It used to be a tour bus, mm. uh, which is nice, just really expensive. Uh, but Because you need a driver and it's like, well, I don't know, 50 grand a month or something. But... Right. Uh, Sprinter van If they're just like Separated We'll just do like a SUV rental Or right. uh, Like a soccer mom You right. know Van or right. something But Certain places we'll, we'll make sure That we can Stay longer You right. know If we go all the way To Australia right. Like you, you, you We're gonna stay Two more weeks And, and have a vacation yeah. You know If, if we if we can, you know, pad two days after, like when we're in New York City, to stay two more days. It just, right. it doesn't always, uh, it's just not always conducive to doing that. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, so uh, I'll put up a link to the, the tour dates as well. Yeah, on, I mean, on the ones that come after, yeah. Yeah, that comes the summer tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll awesome. Up in the next few weeks. That was cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. All right. Okay, Mom, uh, tell people what they can order from the garage. Okay, in our cottage garage, we have lots and lots of T-shirts. Sex at Dawn, Civilized to Death, Vanthropology, Tangentially Speaking, Paleo Modern, and Talking Out of My Ass. (laughs) She didn't like saying that last one. Then we now have some new things added. We've got beer cozies or koozies or whatever they're called. Oh, civilized to death. Design. They're all civilized That's right. to death. We have stickers and car decals, right? Yes. Okay. There you have it. That's Julie, my mom. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're gonna die one day For example, I could kiss you Just because I want to What's the difference if you turn away? 
die one day Why do you waste your time Thinking about your reputation Trying to meet an expectation Wondering what they're gonna say When everyone you've ever known Is headed for a headstone Doesn't ask for much A little music and a soft touch Why don't you let it out to play Your heart is in a birdcage Singing in your chest You wanna shut it up but give it a rest You're gonna die one day Why do we waste our time Thinking about a reputation go down we'll go singing to the smoke alarms we'll dance into the ground 